This episode is sponsored by EOP Media. EOP Media exists to advance big ideas by leveraging comprehensive marketing strategies that eliminate cycles of reactive change and redundant solutions. That is why we say EOP Media is a new type of agency for the next economy. We will achieve this mission by advancing four big ideas. Transforming the marketing profession, evolving marketing for the new economy, revolutionizing the startup ecosystem, and enabling individual agency of identity and data. If your organization is wrestling with the same ideas, or if you're interested in learning more about our ideas for the new economy, please get in touch with us at eopmedia.com. Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarlane, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. So Sharon, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I am great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I, I uh, loved working with you back back in the day. Yes. Yeah, so for, for those of you who are listening, uh, Sharon, Gina, and I have all shared some time at Dell Computer Company, but I had the distinct pleasure, Gina didn't, of working directly <laughs> with the beautiful Miss Sharon Nabhan, um, and she has taught me a lot, um, which is why I wanted to bring her on. So before we get started, Sharon, yeah, I want you to have a minute to just uh, give your do a self introduction. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, my background has all been marketing and mostly high tech. Twenty five plus years. Um, Back in 2020, at the very end of 2020, I walked away and um, started my own coaching business after having the the previous two years taking a ton of training and really doing a ton of self development and figured out, I really love this stuff. And I've, you know, so focus now, my focus now is on executive leadership coaching with an intuitive spin, like really teaching people to follow their heart. So that's, that's that's what I'm awesome. up to. I know, I love it. And for those of you who who, who you who don't know Sharon like I do, she is just an intuitive person anyway. So um, I'll tell a little story, and she's probably sick of me telling it because I tell this story all the time, is that one day Sharon and I were talking. We were both managers at the time, and we were on the same team. We were peer managers. And we happened to be talking about LinkedIn. And this is before LinkedIn was what it is today. It didn't even have a feed back then. Uh, and Sharon's background is in sales and marketing, so she has a really good sales mind. And so we were at lunch one day and I was complaining about all of the people on LinkedIn who were trying to be friends. And I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know where these people are coming from. Why are they trying to link with 
me. And and Sharon, in her insightful and quiet manner, <laughs> just <laughs> looks at me and she says, well, LinkedIn is a networking tool, Angelia. She says, I just accept everyone. She said, because the bigger your network is, she said, the more opportunities you have. And it was like a lightning bolt, like just struck me on the side of my face. And I was like, Oh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) And then we just started talking about something else because there was no reason to discuss because I was like, okay, she's right. She knows what she's talking about. Um, So this is the kind of person that Sharon is. So when I found out that she had moved into coaching, I was not surprised at all um, because she is very insightful um, and she's really good at helping people see things that they could see differently and she presents it in a way that just kind of hits you and you're like okay we're done I got it understand understand (laughs) thank you so the reason that um, we wanted to kick off the marketing series with Sharon is because last season we talked a lot about okay I'm going to be honest I complained a lot about how I felt the marketing discipline had gone off of the rails. And so I had decided that I wanted to talk in this season about what we need to do as marketing professionals. And so Sharon posted a post on LinkedIn. um, And when she posted it, I was like, okay, she has to be my first guest. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a minute and just read to you the the post. Um, I will. We will put this link in the notes so you can you can link to it yourself. But I want you to have a little bit of context on where we're coming from. And so this is how the post went. Ever thought of responsibility as your ticket to true freedom? Here's a perspective shift that could transform your day and maybe your life. Responsibility often seen as a weight, yet in its exist I'm sorry, yet in its essence, it's the gateway to unparalleled freedom. When we choose to take responsibility, we're not just accepting accountability for our actions. We're embracing the power to shape our destiny. It's a conscious decision to be the author of our narrative rather than a character swayed by external factors. Responsibility isn't about placing blame, but about understanding that every choice, every action, and every reaction is ours to control. It's realizing that even in the face of challenges, we have the autonomy to choose our response. True freedom doesn't come from shrinking responsibility, but from embracing it wholeheartedly. Because when we take responsibility, we unlock the potential to change, to grow, and to create the life we envision. Today, let's remember, responsibility isn't a burden. It's a privilege. It's the key that liberates us from constraints and propels us into realms of endless possibilities. So I want to ask you, Sharon, because you started this this key series mm-hmm. of information. And this, I think this was the first one, right? Was this the first key or was this... Um. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've done. I think I've. I was maybe doing it for a couple of weeks before that. Before but, this one, yeah. But so, talk a little bit about where this one came from and why this is one of the keys. So, if you want to follow Sharon on LinkedIn, there are more keys. This is just one of them. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it would. Um, so, your question. Say your question again. Talk a little bit about. Um, 
the key series itself yeah. and what what propelled you to want to create that key series of information yeah. and then what what was behind the responsibility key yeah thank you okay so yeah i have a, i'm on linkedin and i'm putting out some some content like insights like key insights on how to create a better life in all areas mostly focused on work um and you know so follow me i'm sharon seberg nabhan on linkedin and i would responsibility that one is is really important because you know the truth is i mean you hear this all the time people say you're the creator of your life well what does that mean really that means that you're a choice and you can either decide oh I'm a victim of all my circumstance because we all have circumstances, right? Or I am creating this. I am um, not necessarily, you are, you're creating your, your circumstance by how you respond. There's always a different perspective on how you can look at something. And in every situation, everyone is doing the best that they can. And so it is about you being able to, pull back and really see multiple perspectives and decide, decide what you want to create and how you want to be in that situation. Because how you respond and the energy you give it is going to affect what's going to happen. Yeah. So you are, you're not, this is, you know, living your life this way, you're no longer, at the effect of everyone else, you're actually stepping into being more um, in the creator. You called it freedom. Um, talk a little. Talk a little bit about why you believe responsibility is is freedom. Because most people feel like responsibility is is a burden. Yeah, because if you know if you. If you don't have responsibility, if you don't take responsibility, then you see this as uh, see it as a burden. You see it as like something you can't control, and you are you're just you're a victim of your circumstances. But if you could see it as you know you have responsibility, you could take responsibility for it. You can actually change your situation because you, you can see there there's different avenues that you can you can uh, you can take different opportunities you can potentially see how this is for your benefit um, because even though it may not seem like it everything is is being created for your benefit for your growth for you to stand up and realize who you are I remember when we worked together before and this was even before Brene Brown um talked about people doing the best that they can that was and you didn't use the same words um but i remember whenever we would talk i would be the hair on fire i can't stand these people they're horrible people to work with and you were always that voice that was like well you know maybe this person has these issues oh i've worked with them before and they were um they were they were here they were there um this you've always had that that view um and i and it's one of the things that i i value so much about having worked with you is that did that come from 
Do you feel like that came from your upbringing, from your family? Did it come from being a mom? Did it come from, was it something somebody else said to you? Is there like this backstory that you want to tell us? But yeah, let's see. Where did that come from? That's interesting. I mean, I think it came from, I hate to say this, but like people pleasing, like, like wanting everyone to get along and wanting to, so and then eventually it you know, breaks you down when you're a people pleaser because you got to realize that, you know, you got to include yourself in this, in the equation, not just everyone else. But, um, and it also tried, came from try, maybe trying to control things like understanding, um, you know, I guess, you know, trying to control the situation and make sure everyone felt good, um, that, that wears you down and, and you can't do that. But it also allowed me to read people's energy better and know where they're coming from. Um, so it was through trial, you know, fire, right? <laughs> That's how we all get created and, and you know, um, st- you know, have the ability to step into a higher perspective and a higher, you know, um, version of ourselves by through the fire, you know, bumping up with, with, uh, lots of fire. Yeah. (laughs) There was lots of fire when the two of us worked together. Uh, so, so let's, I want to, I want to kind of, uh, shift gears, but not exactly because, because we have similar backgrounds, not exactly the same, but similar. We've done some of the same things. And, um, I, I believe that, because of a lot of the technology changes that are happening, um, there is a responsibility on the marketing side for us to step up and to uh, I, I have my views on the ways that we should step up and what I think we should do um, to make changes. But I don't believe that it's this situation or this area where we don't there's we can't do it right I, I believe we need to take responsibility and do it and um all three of us have stepped away from corporate um and i and we all have different stories and reasons why and um i i just i want to hear as much as you want to share um how you feel about what's happening in the marketing space from a technology perspective and what you believe our responsibility is as marketing professionals, uh, what our, what our responsibility is to make it better, to make these technologies more useful for people who aren't really in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from too. I, I, I feel like, um, what's interesting about marketing is everyone is creative, and so everyone thinks that they ha- they c- have an opinion <laughs> about marketing, and and that makes that's it very true difficult, right? And I know that yeah, that's something you you really dealt with a lot, and so. But I'll also say, um, on the other hand. 
one thing that's allowed, one thing that's happening in the marketing is it's, it's exploded. I mean, from in this, you know, 20 to 30 years that we've, we've been doing this, you know, the, the way you market and the way you contact people and what's included in, in, um, in marketing, like the data and the, you know, all those things. And now there's AI, you know, all this is just, it's mind blowing. If you really think about the massive, massive change that this industry has seen. Do you feel that we have done our proper job in helping to pull these things into, um, or do you feel like we've just kind of been on the sidelines, just letting it happen? And when I say we, I mean marketing professionals. Right. You know, I, I think, you know, one one debate there is you're like, you know, a lot of industries have, and I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, a lot of industries have these like overarching um, associations like the legal association or whatever. Yeah. What, lo, the, yeah legal association or the, the bar association. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> whatever. And, um, but marketing is not that way because it is so creative. And so to try to box it in, it kind of limits it, right? You think so? You think it would make us, it would limit what we can do if we boxed ourselves in? Yeah. Yeah, I I think it it does. I mean, I think it's good to have some structure, but at the same time, the more that you put that in, the more it's going to, you know, this is not mine to do. This is yours to do. You can't do this and I can't do that. You know what I mean? So what would if 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 you had a blank piece of paper um, and you said, I'm going to make the marketing profession and marketers more effective, what, what would be the one or two things that you think that you would put on there on that blank piece of paper? Well, it's such a big, it's really hard because it's such a huge <laughs> profession. I would look at it from a whole different perspective. I would look at it from the individual and making sure the individual knows what their like innate gifts. So some people are very analytical and think and process and think in data and, you know, <sighs> There's probably some good discipline that you could put around that. And some people are super creative and, and, you know, think outside the box and innovate and, and, um, just have a whole different mind, right? And just try to put that in one, one, um, group is difficult. So what I would, what I would do is I would look at the individual and make sure that if I was, if I was creating a marketing organization, I would look at their innate skills and make sure that each each person is working in those skills and their innate gifts, because that's when they're having fun and that's when they're enjoying what they're doing. And the, the funny thing about us, about those kind of innate skills, those are the things that, um, not just you're good at it, 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 they're actually they actually give you energy they actually like you can do more work quickly and it's fun <laughs> and you can get into flow not that you can't do the other stuff but it's it takes more energy you can even be good at the other stuff but it takes more energy and probably more time to actually do it so it, the more you can rearrange that way you bring up an interesting point remember we had Brian on and Brian mm-hmm. talked about leadership and it and and 
for individuals to be put in areas where their creativity is the strongest uh, is that's usually a leadership role, right? What would your advice be to marketing or, or let me, let me roll this question back. Would you give this advice to marketing leaders? And if so, what would your advice be to them? And would your advice to individuals be to find a good leader or would your advice to individuals be different? Lots of questions there. Um, (laughs) You may have to like repeat some of them. But yeah, so I I would, my advice to the individual would be, um, well, it's hard, it's hard to, yes, find a good leader and things always change. So don't, you can't, that can't be your driving force, right? My advice to you would be really figure out what are those things that light you up and work, do those more and more and more and more and get really good at it. And, and, you know, and then you'll enjoy what we're doing and people want to be around you and people will recognize what you're doing and you'll, it'll, you know, your, your, um, career will advance nicely, easily, you know? Um, and then you asked about as a leader, as a leader, that's what I would do is I would, really got to get to know everyone and understand what they want, what motivates them, what drives them. Um, because ultimately, you know, an a organization is a group of people, right? And if there's yeah. dysfunction in there, then that's what you're creating. You know, you're creating, it's going to take 10 times as long to get something done. You're, you're creating dysfunction when there's dysfunction within the organization. So what would you say to people who are already in a dysfunctional organization? You know, it's it's easy enough if you're trying to get yourself up and and find all these ways to, you know, come out creatively. But what happens if you're just not in the place where that can happen? And I think a lot of people find themselves there because you still got to pay the rent. Yeah. You still got to, you know, put food on the table. Yeah. And Let's be honest. There's a lot of dysfunction yeah. <laughs> in corporate in corporations today, yeah, right? For sure, for sure. So, you know, I, what I would say to an individual is figure out what they want. Figure out who they are, what their skills are. Figure out, um, get support if needed, um, and then start to create from there. And realize, take the responsibility, taking it back to this, this key here, take responsibility for your career, for yourself. Don't rely on the corporation to do, to do it for you because mm-hmm. their focus is not on that, unfortunately. Right. So, yeah, so it's up. I mean, I'm going to speak, I'm going to say both things. Do I believe that corporations do have a responsibility to their employees and and the culture needs to change? Yes. But that's not going to happen until, until us as individuals take responsibility and recognize, because that's what makes up this corporation. Right. We need to, we need to say, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to behave. This is how I want to work. And, and find it <laughs> or create it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you and, and tell me if I'm wrong. It's not, I, I heard, or what I got from what you said was 
is that and is to focus on what you do well and find ways to do that, whether the environment that you're in allows you to do it or or not. And and I know that for me, there was always this element of permission and I I had a hard time oftentimes doing because I knew what I was good at and what I enjoyed and what I loved and what was effortless because it didn't take as much energy. Yeah. But I I always was seeking permission to do that. What would your advice be to someone coming out of college? Because I hear a lot of young people talk about what they want to do versus what they can do and not giving them permission themselves permission to okay well I can do this little thing over here but if this is what brings me joy I need to give myself permission to do this other thing yeah I would say you have permission (laughs) (laughs) give yourself permission you have permission from this day forward you have permission (laughs) go forth and do from Sharon Naphan has just given you all permission to be the best versions of yourselves (laughs) now is there are there things that you're not gonna enjoy doing Sure. Um, That comes with everything. But the more you can like leverage your resources in those areas, the more, you know, the more you can focus more on what you love. Can you go ahead? You didn't have Can you talk? How much of your journey do you feel? I I think your journey is is beautiful. Um, How much of your journey do you feel like? sharing more from a personal perspective like why you made the choices that you made what made you come out of corporate um how did you make that decision how did it affect you know your family Um, yeah yeah it's 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 not an easy transition right walking away from a nice salary you know a, a lot of people call it the the golden cage right you know yeah and um, it's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So, but it, it's it's also amazing, you know. So my journey was I I was working at this amazing company and I loved it, but at the same time I was always felt like I had to prove myself over after every single project. I felt like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do 110% here too, you know? Right. (laughs) And, um, and the projects never ended. Right. As soon as one stopped, the next one was like yesterday. (laughs) Right. Right. You're not done yet. I just gave it to you this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I found myself, um, and then all this, all uh, what was also happening at the same time, this corporation was going through a reorg, and this was before the pandemic. Pandemic, and they were calling people back to the office, um, and they the office was not in Austin, Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I'm not going. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, and and I and I found out I was being put underneath somebody that. I knew was pretty toxic. 
how she ran the organization and, you know, all this. And so I, um, I, I told my boss, I told my boss, you know, Hey, I don't think I can do this. Can't you find something else for me in this organization? Because I was, you know, well-liked, well-respected. And, um, and what happened was Christmas vacation <laughs> happened and, and then we came back and I felt like he was like, um, avoiding me. I'm like, why is he avoiding me? And then finally we had a one-on-one in, um, maybe late January. And he says, well, I have some news and he handed me a package and I was completely shocked, obviously, and had all the feelings. But the overwhelming feeling that I felt was relief, <laughs> which was just a huge aha for me. It was a huge aha. And that really started my journey into self-development. Like, what was I really holding on to? What was this anxiety that I was feeling? And at the time, I would have never said that I felt anxiety. Um but now I recognize it. Oh, right? yeah. Um, I knew I was stressed and I was exhausted. And, you know, if you would have asked me to do something, I'd be like, I'm too busy or, you know, uh, you know, busy, busy. We're busyness as a badge of like, oh, I'm so great. I'm so busy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, um, so I had about nine months um, before I, another job actually just kind of fell on my lap. And during those nine months, I started figuring out what I, what is it that I want? I started doing all this self-discovery. I started doing, um, a lot taking, indulging in courses and, and, and really figuring things out and getting a coach. And then, um, another job laying in my lap and, you know, it's too good to, to not take, um, because of the money, (laughs) right? I was still like, I was still hooked up to the money. And so, um, I took that job, um, while I finished all my coaching certifications Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, uh, did it for about two and a half years. And then at the end of 2020 is when I walked away and when I was like, okay, I'm ready, I can do this and let's do this. (laughs) That, um, so, I mean, I, I knew most of the story. I didn't know, I didn't know all of it, but, um, when you when you when you got the package, you talked about the anxiety being gone. When you took the job for the two, two and a half years, was it a different attitude? Did you were you like and we talked about this last season too, about like I'm just here for the money. Right. I mean, it's not so much that I'm going, I'm, I'm not here to do a bad job. Like I think all of us have stellar reputations. So, so you don't you don't, it's not a thing where you're, but we stopped doing over and above because it wasn't about the promotion. It was about, give me my check at the end of the week because I got something else going on. Was that, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the two and a half years, what was that like? Yeah, it was, you're, you're right on many aspects. Uh, You know, I had a whole different perspective on it of, of work, right? I was no longer, I no longer had that that dry, overwhelming drive that I had to prove myself that I was worthy to be here, that I was going to do an amazing job, and you know all this kind of. I just it was more I knew that right, um, and so I didn't let um, 
and there was some, you know, the new organization, there was some toxicity too. And, but I was able to rise above it more than I had in my past because I had this more, a, a different perspective. Right. On what you, what you were, what you were there to do. Right. I want to, I want to, um, so we we created a tea time for you based on um based on we've we've hit it on we've hit on it a couple times already based on responsibility and um and organization. And so uh I'm going to I want to jump into the tea time right quick and I want to talk about there are all these these different relationships that people have in their lives, personal, social, work. And in each one of these relationships, different people have responsibilities to make them work uh, or or not. And so I'm going to name a few and I want you to tell me uh, either is it the individual's responsibility or or you can tell me the responsibility of each of these parties. So it's individual leadership and their organization as three different entities. And then what's the responsibility? Who has the primary responsibility? That's kind of the tea time. So, so the first one is everyone nowadays is talking about burnout and how corporations are burning us out, how being parents is causing burnout. Um, and how going back into the office is causing burnout. So in, from a burnout perspective, who bears the responsibility to fix it? Um, and who has primary responsibility and secondary? And, and if there's a tertiary responsibility. Yeah. And you're probably going to hear me repeat myself a lot on all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> because ultimately, do not give your responsibility away. <laughs> it is your responsibility to take care of yourself. Your so that's what, needs that's what we're matter. Keep hearing. So for every question, that is the that is the first answer. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'll, I'll do that. So yes, it is ultimately your your world and how you are creating it is based on how well you are taking care of yourself and meeting your needs primary that's like the baseline right um and like if you if you allow yourself to be depleted to be uh, in this you know, in, I'll use the word victims mentality right that's how you're going to be responding to life. That's the energy you're going to bring to it. Yes. And that's the energy you're going to get back. So in order for there to be a victim, there has to be a, um, a perpetrator or and a hero. There's a, it's a, it, there's a triangle, right? And so right. you were always playing these three different roles and every area of our life in one moment will be the victim and one moment will be the perpetrator and one moment will be the hero. Even in you know any relationship, right? And we we take turns playing these different roles for each other. So get out of that. <laughs> get out I'm, of the game. <laughs> Sharon just gives a straight, simple answer. Just stop doing it, people. Just stop doing it. <laughs> but I, I wanna I wanted to when you said that. Um, 
you said something interesting there is that when you're the victim and you give out victim energy, you get victim energy back. And so can you talk about changing that victim from victim energy to something else? What energy would you would you change it to? I would change it to taking responsibility. <laughs> so if so, so give what, me a scenario. What would that look like? Hmm. You have a boss who is um, your mom. You have a boss who's telling you that you have to work until 6 p.m. It puts strain on you because your kid's daycare closes at five, takes you an hour to get there. Um, he's not he won't relent. Um, and so and so the situation is a situation. It's a it's a bad and it's a difficult situation. And so you could absolutely see that as I'm the victim. He's this perpetrator. Yep. Um, and you're and you're in that triangle now looking for a hero. Yeah. Um, so what in that particular instance, how would you as the person who feels like the victim, how would you flip that triangle? Yeah. How can you take responsibility for it? Yes. So either you, you know, there's a, there's a thousand different options you could do as taking responsibility for it. You could hire a, you know, inexpensive teenager to pick, pick up your child. You could tell your boss, this is what I, this is what I can do. These are the hours I can work given what I have. This is what's happening. You could, um, what else? I mean, I, you I could think find another like, job. You can find another job. Exactly. You can I find another job important. within the, yeah, within the thing. I, I think what you said at the beginning was, of that answer was important is that there are a thousand different options. And I think, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal, when you're in that triangle and you feel victimized, yeah. you don't feel like there are other options. Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things, one of the ways that I, um, that I coach people is about how our brain operates. Right. And, and our emotions affect our, what opportunities we see, how our brain works, our emotions affect how our brain works. And so if you are feeling victimized, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling some of these, like what we say, lower emotions, they're not lower, but they're just emotions. Yeah. They're just emotions. But if you're feeling some of these emotions that are a little bit more difficult to be in, it affects how, what options you see. So the more that you can shift into, um, you know, try to process some of those emotions and, and shift into a better feeling emotion, the more you can actually um, see these new opportunities in front of you. And, and it can happen pretty quickly. You just have to allow yourself to, to feel it, not push it away, not, not dwell on it, but give yourself five minutes five minutes to sit there and, and and feel that emotion and you know and then let it go thank you thank you for you know thank it thank you for you know 
showing me this, that I was feeling this way, that this is off. And then, and then how do I want to feel? And stepping into that and then thinking, what is it that I want to create here? That is, that is, and I don't know if it's a society. I don't know if it's an educational system. That is something that I started doing recently in the last couple of years. And it was very it was very difficult difficult to even conceptualize feeling a feeling. Yeah. Especially a negative feeling because we're taught to push negative feelings away. Yeah. And so the concept of feeling a feeling was was difficult for me. And then you said, thank you for that feeling, right? Yeah. Thank you for this sucky feeling that I'm feeling <laughs> right now. But it and 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 even saying it, it's like that, you know, most people when they hear it, they're like, that's not gonna work. It really works, mm-hmm. right? It really, it really works. What's the biggest pushback you get from clients when you when you have that conversation with them? I mean, the bottom line is we're feeling people. We've like you called it out. We've been taught that feel, we're not emotional people. We're robots, and we don't have feelings. So don't bring them to work, right? right yeah, that's that's BS. We we are our primary function is feeling. Our primary motivation is to feel a certain way. Our primary the reason we do anything is to feel a certain way. Any goal we have it is because we want to feel something, right? That's true. And so primary is feeling. And so allowing yourself to feel the feelings. And I, and here's another here's another secret within that is if you're not feeling, if you're feeling bad, there's a a lie in there. There's something your thoughts are lying to you. Ooh. Don't tell us. Do tell. <laughs> so let's go to your scenario, right? That scenario was that I'm stuck. I can't do this. It's not fair. They're not treating me well. You know, these are some of the thoughts that person was probably thinking, mm. right? And they don't, so they don't feel good. And they're, you know, that person could recognize, oh, I don't feel good here. This is, this is not true. There are some other op- opportunities here. And so allowing yourself to recognize that, hey, something's off here. And just and not pushing it down because our feelings do get when we don't when we ignore them they actually do stay with us <laughs> they just are this underlying feeling right yeah, they never go away <clears throat> and these feelings turn into habits and ways of being and like and then it's hard to get off of that that to me what you just said is the absolute definition of the responsibility the freedom of responsibility so in that scenario when you're when you're stuck when you say you're stuck that's putting the responsibility on the person the perpetrator the perpetrator has it was is responsible for my situation right but when you say i have all of these different options that is saying no, he didn't have that power or control over me. Right. I have that power and that control. And this might be hard, but I'm free to make these decisions. Um, so I, I I love that. That was a perfect uh, uh, 
little vignette we created. <laughs> so I want to, we've been talking about all of the difficult stuff, right? So let's talk about responsibility in a nurturing environment. Okay. So in negative environments, you know, like everybody's experienced those and nobody likes them and they want to push them away. But what about when you're in a nurturing environment? What are, what is, what does responsibility look like in a nurturing environment? Before we go there, I, you know, I want to go back to the first question, okay. and I said, um, I said it's your your responsibility, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be um, paradoxical <laughs> <laughs> and say it it's also the corporation's responsibility. Okay, we 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 as a society, as an individual, we need a lot let the corporations off the hook. They do need to take responsibility for how their employees are feeling and how they're motivated because ultimately again we talked about this a little bit if there's dysfunction in the team they're creating with dysfunction it's and it's it's really does help their bottom line i know that and so i was going to say that's what they you know they care about the bottom line so to put it in the bottom line way you know there's if there's dysfunction in the team it takes longer to get things done there's like back and forth there's you know there's people duplicating work. There's like all these things happening, and they, right? They lose good people, <clears throat> and they lose good people. That's the biggest thing. Good people do not want to stay. They don't have to stay. They have a more positive outlook. They can see these bigger opportunities, and they go find them. <laughs> they take responsibility, <laughs> and that's not to say the people who stay are not good. Yes, I, I don't. I want to. I want to be clear. Everybody has a choice, yeah. and I think. I think you get to a point where you make a different choice because you're like, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. And and typically it is the more difficult choice. To your point, the golden cage is an easier choice and people do it at points in their life when it fits their lifestyle. Like I, I want to send my kids to college. I, you know, I need to take care of a ailing parent. I'm sick. I need insurance, right? And so um so it 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 they build that cage on purpose. Yeah. And so sorry. Yeah, no, that's great. I just didn't want I, I didn't want to I didn't want people to feel like, you know, because I we we were all in corporate for a long time for for very good reasons. Yeah. Um and then we we made a decision to do something different. And there are good people in corporations and you know, I'm not saying I mean we all met each other there. So right? Yes. There's like <laughs> Although I want to say I've never regretted leaving. Yeah. And I honestly, what I say is I should have done it a lot sooner. I shouldn't have been as afraid to leave. You know, And it was the golden cage that made me afraid. I yeah. should not have been afraid to fly out earlier. I should have done it earlier. And I really wish I would have. So um, I'll just put that out there to everybody. Don't yeah. be afraid. Just do it. No, I, I absolutely, I do agree with that. I would say that um, until you're ready... <laughs> Being outside of the cage is hard. Yeah. Being, being on the outside. Being inside is, to me, is being much inside, harder. Being inside of the cage is painful. But but if you're not ready, I mean, it's the difference between getting fed and having to feed yourself, right? And if you're not ready to feed yourself, there's going to be all these people outside the cage feeding themselves and you're going to be starving. 
And that's what I'm so I'm not saying I agree with you. Right. But it is it is making sure you have that. And and one of the sessions is going to be on mindset. It's going to be making sure you have that mindset where I'm taking responsibility for feeding myself. And these things might be difficult for me, but I got to do them. I feel like I was a grackle inside a cage and I could have jumped out of the cage at any time and found something to eat. It might have been a nasty French fry that's been run over by 10,000 cars, but I would have. I believe all I'm saying is, 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 is you were ready. I think that there, so, and you may have been ready sooner than you jumped out. I was ready way sooner. I just didn't recognize that I could do it. And I, and so I think that's, so I'm just saying some people want to do it. Like I was, I was different. I wanted to do it, but the concept, I didn't give myself permission to feed myself. Right. And for me, it was about permission to feed myself. It's like, okay, well, this is the way the people in the cage do it. So outside the cage, I'm supposed to do the same thing. It's it's not the same. And And I didn't give myself permission to be my own person outside the cage. That's why I do it and go back and do it and go back. So um so anyway, but you know, Gina's Gina was a grackle. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, sorry, we digress our little back and forth, our, our auntie our auntie diatribe here. So Yeah, and for me I I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I I, I Literally, like even in college, like I think my major was undecided for a, a really a long time until I was like, oh, I better pick something. No, economics is close to business, and I, I, then I don't have to change, you know, schools and start over. So I'll just do economics. And I, not that I didn't like that, I actually liked the. It's a great. It's a great degree choice because yeah. it takes you a little bit everywhere. Right, and you know, had the psychology behind the market and all that. I love that piece of it. Um, so your background leaves clues. I'll just say that. But um, yeah, for me is I didn't know what to do, what else to do. This is what I knew to do. Right. So I want to, I want to quickly hit nurturing before, because we have to start wrapping up. I want to hit nurturing environments and what responsibility looks like in nurturing environments. And after that, I have one more question. Okay. Um, well, in nurturing environments, it's easy. <laughs> you do what feels good. <laughs> you follow your heart. And um, do we have a responsibility to maintain? maintain? Do you think maintain the nurturing environment or just enjoy it? I think a lot of people get in nurturing environments and we just enjoy it and we don't do the work to maintain it. And then when the toxic environment happens, we're like, where the hell did that come from? Hmm. Yeah. I guess your point of view is more that we need to not always be on and yeah. learn how to enjoy. Is, yeah, would that be accurate? I think that is very accurate. It's it's. I mean, the simple answer is do what feels good. Um. And feel, you know, that means taking care of yourself. And if you're meeting your needs and meeting, um, allowing other people to meet their needs, like recognizing what, what it is that they need, then you're, you are creating that environment. Okay. You're, you're adding to that environment. I mean, there's something, <clears throat> there's a ton of research around how, 
how we show up in a world in the world, our energy and what energy and how that impacts people around us. Um, I think heart math is one, one of the people that did a ton of research, but if you are in a high vibe, you're going to affect everyone around you with that, with that. And in people, you can see that when you walk in a room and there was just a big fight, like you could feel it. You're like, Oh, I don't want to be in here. Yeah, that's true. Or something people were just laughing and you walk in a room, like you can feel it, right? You there's feel something, the energy. You feel the energy. So there's, so from an intuitive standpoint, you, you can recognize that, that your energy affects other people and other people affect you. But the, the, the higher um, vibrations have a bigger impact. They, you know, love, Love beats evil (laughs) every day. Very true. I don't, I'm not going to ask the last question because we we have a hard stop and I want you to have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to tell people what you do, how to find you, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sharon Seberg Nabhan, or my website is SharonSeberg.com. I have a free um, consultation, 30-minute consultation um, on my website or even on LinkedIn. You can find it. And I would love to invite you, if you're dealing with any of these issues and want a different perspective and want some some tools to help you um, move forward in creating what you want to create in your life, I encourage you to reach out and I would look forward to meeting you. You also do workshops, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Is, are those like quarterly or custom? Um, I will, I do some workshops on um, on LinkedIn, so you can you can find some free workshops out there. Periodically, I'll, I'll schedule one, and then um, I also do um, workshops not not free workshops, but I I do workshops for corporations. I'll come in and speak to women's organizations or other ERGs or leadership um, consulting. Awesome. That's what I do. Thank you, Sharon. Um, I really appreciate you coming and sharing with us. Thank you. Um, Gina, any last? Yeah, no, I liked all of it. I love the higher vibrations yeah. um, discussion. So thanks so much. It's nice to meet you, and thanks for coming in. Yeah. And I loved the you have permission. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon gives you permission to take responsibility for yourself right now. No more excuses. So thank you, Sharon. It was great having you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 